You're listening to a Core Education podcast, pushing the boundaries of educational possibility. Kia ora, my name is Angela Vermeulen and I work for Core Education. So my role is to support schools in using digital technologies with their tamariki and students. Today we'll be looking at collaboration and peering through the keyhole into collaborative learning environments. And with me is my amazing co-host, Sarah Whiting. Kia ora, uh, ko Sarah Takuingua. I also work for Core, I've been with Core um, for just over six months and I have had the pleasure of working with a variety of schools also with digital technologies and working with teachers to be moving to modern learning practice in modern learning environments utilizing student voice and collaboration collaborative practice with one another so today we're going to peer through the keyhole as Angela has mentioned and take you through a step-by-step guide as to what collaborative learning environments look like so Ange, how did your journey start? So I have um, come from Breen's Intermediate. This is a school where we went through the process of looking at revaluing our values and our visions was a big part of our journey to start with. This happened with the staff. We had student voice, community voice, and it really was the scaffold and the support that allowed us to then move into collaborative practice. We started with mates, which Sarah's going to talk about a bit more, and we really built relationships, and it, it really came down to who are our kids, what do we want them to achieve, and what can we do to support them in, in their lives and their futures? And the answer was collaborative teaching, collaborative practice, using modern learning, pedagogy, um, to really enhance their learning. So really it all came down to the who. What about you, Sarah? What way did you begin? Well, for a lot of teachers that I've worked with, collaborative practice is quite a scary thing to begin with. And so it's really important to have a sit back and look, um, distance yourself slightly so that you can see what it's all about. So for us, we really did focus on our vision of the school and we established mates. And when we first became collaborative teams, it was really important for us to sit down and talk about what our current practice was about, why we did certain things, and to make the transition easier for our teachers Um, We had a situation where we were told to um, put on the the table all our cards and say, what was the one thing that you're not willing to give up? And that was a thing that we could compromise on. So, for example, some people might have kept a piece of furniture. Some people might have kept an element of their program. And it was all about um, discussion. So we were collaborating Mm. from the start. And that made people feel a lot comfortable, a lot more comfortable in the transition um before that we'd also had a series where we would some people had already trialed collaborative learning environments so um there was that experience that they could share with everybody else mm. so it was really important so and when as we've both looked at um talking about our people our relationships which is what we say was the key thing to yeah. start off with what would you see in a learning space in terms of if i was to peer through the keyhole at Breen's, what would the learning? What did you have to do to um, change your spaces to match the collaborative learning environment philosophy? The, the values um, and the vision of school had to be apparent and lived by by the teachers, by the staff, by the children. 
and um, we used to challenge teachers if they were coming to visit Breen's, try and find um, a the, the child that was off task when we got when we were starting to really develop that MLP and try and find a teacher because uh, in a team there was 100, che- 100 teachers we always felt that um, the children, the tamariki were teachers as well. So you'd see children on devices working independently, children working in groups of five, children working in caves by themselves. You'd see teachers with groups, um, focus groups of say 10 to 15. You would see um, a roving teacher who is supporting and, and for many teachers, including myself, that was the best part of the day. Being able to go around and have conversations about how's your league game on Saturday? Tell me about how your nana's doing, you know, tell me about the birthday party and actually getting to know those children in that time. That, that hour is not about um, behaviour, that's actually about getting to know the kids and building those relationships and knowing that they feel valued in that environment. Um, you'd see engagement You'd see positive behaviour. Um, you'd see kids pushing the boundaries, and that's just that's just schools, and we love that. But you'd see happy teachers and happy kids, and that is the key, isn't it? Yeah, if people are happy. Yeah, and the thing at Clarkville where I started the journey was that we took everything out of the room. We we decluttered, so everything became came out, and everything was auctioned. So the kids had to buy back their furniture. So it was a process from the beginning that involved them. So probably the key message from me is when you're looking at starting this journey is to actually think about who's involved and who you need to talk to. It's not just about what's going to make that teacher happy, mm. but it's about the whole the whole community. Bring them all on board. How did you gather student voice and community voice? to make that valued because I know that you did some pretty cool things around with your Fano. Yep, so we had a, um, I had a think tank which involved um, a focus group of parents who volunteered to be part of it and everything that we I kind of used design thinking to work with them. We also had a think tank of students so um, they were involved and whatever happens in the space, the kids had a say about it. So I think I can hear from both of us, it's about trust with students, letting go, relationships, values and visions, isn't it? I think seem to be starting off both schools and then we've both got successes. I think that it's good to know that it takes a lot of work too, doesn't it, to get there. It's not uh, an easy process. There's a lot of, I remember hearing that uh, someone say change is essentially about loss and loss is hard to deal with. And it's okay to sit at that door and peer through the gate yeah. for a long, for a, a period of time. Yeah. Um, and just get your bar- yeah, your bearings, figure out where it is, what you bring to that door before opening it. Because mm. ultimately, it's about those kids in front of us, mm. and and what are we doing Absolutely. for them? Yeah. Awesome. Right. Look forward to the number two. You've been listening to a core education podcast pushing the boundaries of educational possibility.